0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Shadu Allah, illallah Allah, Shadu Anna Muhammadan Abduhu Rasulu, Salaam Alayhi Alaikum, Wa Rahmatullahi Barakatuh, to everyone. Welcome back to Conversations. Salaam Alaikum, Sheikh Yasser.
1: Wa Alaikum, Salaam Wa Uh
0: Sheikh Yasser, you have done me a big favor by coming back on. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been a while, and people start to think that uh, something happened between you. and Did you and Sheikh Yasser break up?
1: <laughs> no, I'm just, um, We've we've been through a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have been through a lot through this. Yeah, we've, been through,
1: we've been through the the mountains and deserts of Morocco together. Oh, I mean, wow. I think we that can handle some. Uh... <laughs> that was an amazing trip. We've been together in goats, and, and if we if you and I manage to sit together with a goat in a min in a minibus. <laughs> Think we can manage this.
0: <laughs> you know that to everyone listening, that's actually a beautiful story. Uh Sheikh Yasser and I accompanied Sheikh Mukhtar. How many years ago was that, Sheikh Yasser? I don't remember. It must have
1: been
0: like seven, eight years ago. Seven, seven eight years ago on this like epic journey to Morocco to have suhba with Sheikh Mukhtar and a few other brothers and visit some of the mashaykh And we went to this town, it was called Tingdad. And we're going to go visit a Zawiya there of these ulama and Abad. And Sheikh Mokhtar tells us, like, you can't go empty-handed. The Arab tradition is you cannot go empty-handed. So I'm thinking, OK, Sheikh's going to buy a cake. <laughs> you know, Sheikh is going to get, like, some sort of gift. I said, OK, Sheikh, what, what would you like, like to bring? He goes, we need to get them a, a live sheep. I said, Let's a go. live sheep? I mean, go, go. It was yeah. a go. It was a goat. Go. Right, you're a goat. It was a goat. He said, we need to give them a live goat. <clears> I said, huh, we're like out in the middle of nowhere. Where we're going to get this live goat. Remember that, Sheikh yes. So I said to the driver, I'm like, his name is Osama, beautiful brother. I said, to "Osama, like, we need a live goat. <laughs> He's like, I know a plate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy.
0: <laughs> we're like out there. If you look up on a map, Tindjad, maybe Sajad, you can bring up a map of Morocco while <laughs> we're talking. Like in the eastern, we eastern deserts of like Morocco. Eastern, yeah. not deserts, but like a... Yeah, and so we go and we find this guy who sells goats and, and we buy a goat. And then how many? There's like 15 of us, and Sheikh Yasser
1: take it from there? No, so we, we <laughs> so we so Sheikh Mukhtar and Muhtassan actually got down to manage the goat situation. The rest of us, we were in 15, or maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe 10 or something. And then, uh, and then when you came back, and we're sitting and then <laughs> the goat comes and sits sits in our midst and so we were hanging out in the micro bus with a, with a goat uh, that accompanied us for a while I think it was another like hour or two until we got there until we got to the village until we got to the zawiya yeah and that was that was I mean there's so much beauty in that weekend or in that particular trip um but I remember the uh blessing of just being in this suhba of people who they seem so far removed from our reality as western muslims but then you go sit with them and clearly the souls are connected because you just feel you feel connected you feel in love you feel elated and then to watch them go through their rituals and practices like the way they even welcomed the goat received the goat and then processed the goat all was very methodical they had a clear process of how you know they would slaughter and then dismember and and, and process each part of the goat and then each type of preparation for each part and much of it was done you know in front of us in this like open space yeah we sat and and you know the, the major slaughtering happening that was right outside the gathering space but inside a lot of the processing was happening it's almost to show us like the blessing of what you brought us and then we're preparing it now for you and so we ended up eating i think we ate that goat from probably around 6 7 p.m until 2 a.m we, we really? yeah. and then we and then we continued after fetch if you recall
0: yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Yes. The Sheikh of the Zawi brought it out. And you know what was amazing also, Sheikh Yasser, about that time is that um there was no talk of the dunya the whole time we were there. No, like no. not one word about the dunya. We entered, they greeted the Sheikh, they greeted Sheikh Mukhtar, Sheikh Mukhtar greeted the Sheikh of the Zawiya. We entered into like this big sada, this sitting space. And it was just all dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from that moment until I think what we left a little bit after Fajr the next day.
1: Yeah, I think so what I recall was that we, for those, when, since we we sat inside that gathering space. It was like probably six hours of dhikr and afkar as-salihin, like just stories of the righteous, a hadith, the pause to, uh, you know, and we're eating the whole time, by the way. We're just consuming they're bringing us like different types of preparation of the meat. And uh, there was a tea. Remember the, tea, the guy with the tea station well, he was, he was sitting right in front of me. He was just preparing the tea very methodically. Yeah. Uh, everyone had a role. The kids were singing Qasaid, just very beautiful. Well, I mean, when I thought about the cultural production, like this is their inherited tradition. And this is what they're passing down to our children. I couldn't help but think like what are the cultural practices and the cultural traditions that our children here in the in the West have. Oh boy. You think about it. And just you know, if you if you recall see, the like you go back into that time, it's just like, man, I mean you had little kids. I remember one young boy, and we have the recording somewhere. Oh, my oh, my the boy, remember when he was doing the uh I'll find him, I'm gonna find him. Yeah, if you can find it. And then, you know, Sheikh Mukhtar was weeping. We were all weeping at the beauty of this this boy's voice and his praise of the prophet sallallahu and i was thinking ya rabbi grant us in, the, in in the west grant us in the u.s children who have a love for the prophet but then he is he is a product of an ecosystem that boy is a product of an ecosystem of mahabba you know people no, we gather yeah. together regularly and they praise and they sing the praises the mothers the fathers the children the aunts the uncles the whole tribe is together you know that, that was, that was amazing
0: good. and that's what we want for our kids because i remember we were in this room and then all of a sudden we hear this voice coming from mm-hmm. behind the pillar mm-hmm. Muhsin, yeah, the yep. may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this boy from the awliya in al- al-ulama i think we have a video Saj- let's pull up this video مريد البديل بقلب حاضر مريد البديل بقلب حاضر يا لسان داكير في
2: قولك الله يا لسان داكير في قولك الله يا الله, 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 الله
0: Surr
2: al-amajid Fi qawlik
1: Allah Surr al-amajid Fi qawlik Allah Allah, 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 Allah Allah, Sheikh <speaking> <language> <Allah> Yasir that That's just a good huh? Allah, I'm like I'm in Tindad like, Allah, yeah. I'm mean, like uh, I mean, that that May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you, Habib And, and the Sohba Tayyip That was a that got that trip was is etched in my heart you know oh, okay. in terms of and then you know Subhanallah, if you recall after fej uh and we had stuff like maybe two hours or something <laughs> after fej like that's when we actually started to have some of the akhbar of each other if you recall mm-hmm. like, yes. bringing up the silsila and you know and that whole story and uh but you know we didn't really get any ta'aruf any like get to know one another until after fej so what was also really striking to me was the, the 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 whole introduction to the bond and connection between us was Allahu Rasulum. And then it's like okay, then we get to know each other. Like now that we've kind of locked our hearts together and our bonds are deeply embedded in the love of Allah and His Messenger, then you know we get to know each other. Like like the dunya we know,ing like where are you? Who are you from? What yeah. do you do? and then you start to learn about each person who was in this room for all night and we didn't really realize that this person is a lawyer who uh, is the head of x and the head of y and represents this and I was like subhanallah
0: yeah that that, that all became secondary and it's so interesting about that because typically you go into a dinner you know here yeah. in the states and you sit down and the first well, question is well, yeah. what, what what do you do for a living so you're defined by your career And so there, there was no definition by what we did for a living. What we did for a living was remember Allah and His Messenger. Everything else was secondary. So, uh, Mahsan, Allahu Akbar. May Allah allow us to repeat that visit. Ya Rabbiya. Ya ya.
1: Rabbi Ameen.
0: We have a lot to cover, Sheikh Yasser, together today. But before you you notice, I'm.
1: I see, mashallah, what's going on
0: there? something a little different everyone can see my palestine sweater i got this actually from uh i, I love to support small businesses mm. and especially small businesses for hire a young man in new jersey who uh, opened up a company called angelic apparel mm. and so i saw someone wearing this and i said where did you get that sweater he said angelic apparel i'm like what's angelic apparel i want to get a sweater from angelic apparel and they give a portion of the proceeds uh to uh the humanitarian work in fuddlestein mm. so tell everyone, go to uh, Angelica Apparel. They have an Instagram page. I don't think there's, yeah, there's the Instagram page. I'm actually one of the followers. That's Ma'taz, you know, Ma'taz recently left uh, Gaza. I'm sure you heard Sheikh, Sheikh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so you purchased from uh, Angelica Apparel and they are going to give some of the proceeds, inshallah, to the humanitarian work in Gaza. So today I wanted to wear a sweater. That's representative of where all of our hearts are, Sheikh Yasser, and we've been watching, um, you know, the scenes happening, and we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for lutf. Mm-hmm. Just to our viewers, I know, uh, you know, when Sheikh Yasser and I started these conversations, uh, they were initially all about what was happening in Palestine and in Palestine, and you've probably noticed from our last conversation, we're expanding the topics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Of course, uh, we're going to constantly cover what's happening in Gaza, what's happening in Palestine. But we heard so much feedback from everybody out there saying, can you continue from the lens of inshallah, Ya Rabbi, believing hearts to translate culture, politics, religion for us? So we're going to go through, inshallah, a lot of topics and just share with the world the conversations that Sheikh Yasser and I would typically have together. Um, Sheikh Yasser, you had a very beautiful weekend. You sent me a video running to run to medina you know subhanallah, that I, with your permission i really want to share with everyone but maybe you can set the stage before we bring up the video
1: yeah alhamdulillah so uh um I, this weekend i was in houston uh with celebrate mercy we were doing a weekend uh seminar on the content of character of al habib it's a very beautiful weekend where you're just kind of reflecting and spending time in suhbah, about the life of Al-Habib وسلم, and the character of Al-Habib. May Allah ta'ala gift us with the beautiful character of the Prophet. The du'a that we shall all be familiar with is "Allahumma kama Hasanta Khil Hassin khuluqana. Ya Rabbi as you have perfected our khalkh, our your, our outward form, create uh, perfect our our inward form, make it make it excellent and beautiful. Um, so uh, one of the nights we had a private dinner um in a beautiful brother's house and uh and then we were sitting and and, and, and talking and uh, you know just kind of updates and reflections and hearing from different people um one of the sisters sitting came up to Sheikh muhammad mendes and she said to him can can, can mj her, her her this brother his name is mj muhammad jibreel can mj hmm. uh, do his thing so you know there was like something some like so he was like yeah of course of course you know tell him to come forward so he came forward, you know, very unassuming, you'll see right now inshallah. Now he, he did give a little bit of an intro um, that's not in this, but his intro is extremely moving. He said, you know, I, my heart and my bond is deeply connected to the brothers and sisters across the world who face oppression just like my people did. Uh, mm-hmm. My dear brother MJ is, is, is African American. And so he he spoke, you know, about his heritage and his lineage and when he spoke about the people of Palestine, he said, the people of Palestine will always be my people because the oppression that they're going through is like the oppression my people went through and I will always stand by. So he actually uh, uh, wrote this song um, for the people of the oppressed today. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a rendition. One second, one second. It's a rendition of a um, uh, Of a spiritual that would be sung by slaves when they were working on uh, the cotton fields and the sugar fields so when they were working on the fields they would sing a rendition of this uh, it's called Run 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 to the Promised Land so he wrote his own version and Mm. you'll hear inshallah of how he kind of uh, his own personal rendition
0: beautiful let's hear a minute of it Run Run
2: (laughs) You better run better run You better run to the city of Medina, you better run, you better run. Allah who told a prophet to get out of his home. He said, go run into Medina where you freely could roam. And they were under persecution, wouldn't leave them alone. And so believers took procedures and proceeded to run. You better run, run, run. You better run, better run, better run.
0: We were a moment ago, and now Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has taken us through MJ to Medina and <laughs> You know what uh man Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that was absolutely
1: beautiful. Yeah, yeah, he he brought his uh, the southern the southern ode to Al Madina and you and and what i what i loved i mean first off it was so out of left field i was you know no one was expecting it so he right. just held the mic and <clears throat> i heard his voice i mean it really just like you know i was transfixed i was taken because the words that he penned from his heart for the love of the Prophet in the love of the city of the prophet and that being a refuge for the oppressed and those who are wrong and to go there and find your refuge there it just it struck me at my core and i i said you know when when we're told you know when allah tells the prophet we haven't sent you except as a source of mercy to all of creation
0: right
1: to know that a a brother in the in the deep south of the united states who comes from a very distinct heritage you know and in that heritage there is islam in the heritage of our african-american brothers there is islam because of much of a percentage of those who came over were muslimin but to see that for him you know his spirit and his soul the refuge is found in the light of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yes, in the city of the prophet so it's a tasdiq it's like an affirmation of this truth that the prophet sallam, is rahmah so you can be sitting in the u.s and your refuge is in this articulation this you know because what he's expressing on his tongue is a reality that's embedded within mm. and you know i i was inspired in in that vein to see the affirmation of what allah told the prophet and i was also inspired by the fact that you can use your language and you can use your culture you can use your heritage to also be expressive you know yeah. one of the things that i think habibna plague us is that very often in our community we haven't learned the art of expression mm. the way in which in our heritage you know for 1400 years we have hundreds of thousands of odes qasaid poems in the praise of the prophet sallallahu and people from far and wide you go to the subcontinent you'll hear beautiful praise of the Prophet ﷺ from that cultural lens, from that language, from that essence, from that spirit. You go to the Middle East, you go to the Caucasus, you go far and wide, you'll find this. And so, you know, it's high time that as Americans, we find our language of expression in the praise of the Prophet ﷺ. Of he, about a you know, I was so moved by him to see that this was his natural just expressiveness he comes from a heritage he knows this song he grew up probably listening to it in the church and then now mm-hmm. it's like you know i'm, I'm gonna bring the Muhammadan in <laughs> awesome. coloring
0: but, Akbar. Uh, yeah that's the nur of the prophet yeah. i mean one of the things that i'm just so amazed whether you come from pakistan the deep south afghanistan india egypt palestine you feel the prophet is yours because Mm -hmm. you mentioned there is that Muhammadan reality in each one of us within you is the message of God so you know if you speak to a Pakistani he doesn't look at the Prophet as being an Arab though he was Mm -hmm. he speaks to someone from the deep south he doesn't look at the Prophet as if there's you know this um, bump in the road between connecting him that he's an Arab no he's mine Mm And mm-hmm. the Prophet ﷺ is all of ours, and he brings the best out of each single all one of us. And what's amazing, you know, Shaykh Yasir, just look at, للعالمين, as you said, you can have two people who don't get along with each other at all, can't stand each other, but they both love the Nabi. I mean, there are people I have differences with theological and applicational of Islam, but I, I don't doubt that person's love of the Prophet. ﷺ. <laughs> And it's amazing how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Prophet والسلام, manifested Allah's name Al yeah, Jamia. Yeah. One who brings together. <laughs> the Prophet <laughs> and brings everyone together.
1: And, and Habib, I think you're touching upon such a critical aspect of our tradition because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says with Khun Yamatallahi alaykum it kuntum a da'an fa'ala metihi don't forget that you were you were enemies. Yeah. He caused ulfa. Yeah. He caused there to be an, an, an um, you know, al haywan al alif is the domesticated animal. We want to say, like, a, so let's say you have a, a, a wild beast, a wild animal. When that animal becomes domesticated, they become alif. So there's still that animal, but now there's ulfa, there's alif. Now you can coexist.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a powerful, the language carries powerful metaphor because it's almost as if, you know, we are as human beings, we're animals. We have niwaniya in us. But the sacred traditions make us alif. That although I have some tempest (laughs) inside of me that's like, and that wants to come out sometimes, the sacred tradition, Allah and His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the bond of mahabba, that's what domesticates me, keeps me fashioned and, and 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 in control and keeps me not just like I'm you know uh existent but I'm you can actually we can coexist and there can be joy. We can we can have a wild animal that you then enjoy their company.
0: Yes it's it's incredible and that's, that's what Allah subhanahu wa
1: ta'ala that's the power and, and I just hope Sayyidi that we don't lose sight of that because we get so caught up in our feelings. We set aside, knowingly or unknowingly, the light and the beauty of Allah and His Messenger Muhammad. The power that they can have on my relationship with my spouse, with oh, my children, my friends, brothers in the community, sisters in the community. And then I kind of rely on my own wits and abilities and my narrative and what I think and what I feel. Well, Allah knows that we're these animals and He brought us al Habib so that we can have ulfa. فأصبحتم, then he says بنعمته, إخوانا, then you became by his grace brothers and sisters oh,
0: yeah.
1: you know yeah. so may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to see the beauty and that's why Prophet he found one time after hidayah Al-Aus these two tribes of medina they were about to go to blows because you know some of the historical narratives and battles were like getting excited they were talking to each other like once a member of the i told one member of the Khazraj. you remember back in the day we would overwhelm you on the battlefield. And so they were kind of like their emotions were getting high. Of course, yep. And then they they got up and they became battle hardened, like they're about to go to blows. All of it started off with some banter, and then the Nufus came like this. Yeah. So Basal came into that and he said, "Abi Jahiliya wa Are you gonna call to the way of Jahiliya when I am in your midst? Like it's like a it's a reproach that's very painful. Like you're gonna do this while I'm here, and so sometimes when you know I think in the right now, if like there's enmity and there's infighting, the channel, the thought that you should channel is: Are we gonna do this while the prophet's here? Allah you know what I'm saying, baby? Like, are we gonna really do this? And the prophet is here. And then he said, You yeah. fa gotta leave this nonsense alone because it it's corruptive. It's pollute, It's a pollutant.
0: Yeah, and you know what I've realized that we we find that attitude amongst some Muslims who technically follow the Sunnah. But here's what I've realized is the missing element is Kathratu Salahan in Nabi. Wallahi, this is something I've, I, <coughs> in my 40 plus years of life, I've just found. Those who are immersed in lots and lots and lots and lots of prayers upon the Prophet they have that reality where they're willing to find that sulh between others because that muhammadan reality of mercy overtakes their heart that hidden and that prophetic character where you want to bring together you can see that even though you have some differences those differences are still acceptable and we're still lovers of al-habib al sallallahu ta'ala which brings me actually to an interesting place because you took us to the south i want to take us to istanbul and I want to bring up a Majlis of Sada' and Nabi there by another man who's originally from Syria, Sheikh Mahmoud al durra Hafizahullah. He is an incredible human being who many know him as a Munshid, but he's also a Sheikh of Ilm and a Sheikh of the spiritual sciences. And he was living in Syria, he moved to Al Madina al Munawara, and then, yes, and then from Al Madina al Munawara, he recently moved to Istanbul. Mm-hmm. And what's beautiful about Sheikh Mahmoud Wallahi and his Jama'a, his group there, is they just have three or four gatherings of Allah's remembrance every week, nonstop. And one of those gatherings, which we're going to see actually right here, and I recommend to anyone that visits Istanbul, visit this gathering. This is the gathering of the Dila'l Khairat. Um, the Dila'l. Remember, we spoke about the Dila'l before? The Dila'l on our heads. We love the Dila'l. The Dila'l used to be the second most read book in the world, number one being Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem, number two being al Khairat. Everyone should have a copy of the al Khairat in their lives, in their homes, and recite from it every single day. And Sheikh Mahmoud has a gathering every Thursday in which they complete the whole Dala'ud. What they do is they read uh, chapter one together, and then they take about 35-40 minutes. Everyone continues reading, and then they read chapter eight together. And I just want to play a little bit of this gathering of the al Khairat of Sheikh Mahmoud al dura
2: I was sitting the other sitting on the other sitting on the other sitting on
0: it's absolutely beautiful. You know, and these are the gatherings that we want to graze in. So you have MJ in the south expressing the Muhammadan Mahabbah Ta'ala wa ala ali, in the language that he can. And you have Sheikh Mahamudur in Istanbul, originally from Syria, was living in Medina, expressing that same Muhammadan reality, Sallallahu Ta'ala wa ala ali, to the world. And so may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just increase this world of lovers of al-habib sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa alayhi. may allah make us of them and again my recommendation everyone please pick up Al khairat this this has to be with you has to be with you anyone comes to me with any problems you know what i tell them I go read Al khairat wallahi i have people who want to come counseling sessions and i sit for the first time i say okay I say, i'm going to give you a solution it's a 40 day solution Follow this for 40 days you check in with me every day then we won't speak until the other 40 days later like okay what is it i said you read one chapter of the Al khairat every single day of your life and you tell me if you're the same person afterwards you know how they have these uh, fitness programs like do this in 30 days and you'll transform well you will you know if you restrict your calories and you go running every day you'll you'll transform the spirit transforms in the same way through the mm-hmm. salah mm-hmm. al habib al azam sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa sallam Sheikh, interesting topic I want to bring up. This is, you know, subhanallah, we spoke last time we were together uh 2 weeks ago. I think it was 2 weeks ago and then you left me for 2 weeks. You just, what what happened? You just no. We didn't get Shaykh Yasser angry. I said no, I didn't. Man. You
1: know, I I'm going to I'm going to I'm you know, I'm gonna be prophetic and let that one slide. You know, see what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna let that one slide. no 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 defending of the self,
0: just let it slide. So you know, we, we spoke about uh the rise of Satanism, yeah. And uh, that that sleep token. And then a friend of mine, oh, Allah, I love this brother, Arish, he sent me this this video, this this adult cartoon. Uh, that is on amazon prime and it's i want to play for everyone the first two minutes of the intro to this cartoon i'll I'll give everyone the name because it's crazy uh has been hotel the official full episode it's it's on youtube i did not watch the full episode but let's watch these first two minutes together and then we can discuss has been hotel
2: Once upon a time, there was a glowing city protected by golden gates known as heaven. It was ruled by beings of pure light, angels that worshipped good and shielded all from evil. Lucifer was one of these angels. He was a dreamer with fantastical ideas for all of creation, but he was seen as a troublemaker by the elders of heaven, for they felt his way of thinking was dangerous to the order of their world. So he watched as the angels began to expand the universe in their ways. From the dust of earth, they created Adam and Lilith, equals as the first of mankind. But despite this, Adam demanded control and Lilith refused to submit to his will. She fled the garden. Drawn in by her fierce independence, Lucifer found her and the two rebellious dreamers fell deeply in love together they wished to share the magic of free will with humanity, offering the fruit of knowledge to Adam's new bride, Eve, who gladly accepted. But this gift came with a curse, for with this single act of disobedience, evil finally found its way into earth. With it, a new realm of darkness and sin and the order heaven had worked to maintain was shattered. As punishment for their reckless act, heaven cast Lucifer and his love into the dark pit he had created, never allowing him to see the good that came from humanity. Only the cruel and the wicked. Ashamed, Lucifer lost his will to dream. But Lilith thrived, empowering demonkind with her voice and her songs. And as the numbers of hell grew, so did its power. Threatened by this, heaven made a truly heartless decision. That every year they would send down an army, an extermination, to ensure hell and its sinners could never rise against them but lilith's hope remained and her dream was passed down to their precious daughter the princess of hell
0: unbelievable oh my goodness i mean she asked first of all this is on amazon prime
2: What
1: what are you doing to me
0: i'm i'm introducing you to the world you're not seeing The world you don't want to see, but here's the issue it's the world that most people are seeing, you know. This is just the reality, and so you know, so much to be said here, Sheikh Yasser. Yeah, uh, and I think, first of all, before we even get into how decrepit and messed up this messaging is to all parents out there, I want to tell you, you know. If your kids have a laptop or if they have an iPhone, and I know most of them have access to Amazon Prime because most of us use Amazon, uh, probably have access to Netflix, probably have access to other things, curiosity will bring them to watching these sort of shows. And so Mm -hmm. as parents, we need to parent. We need to be very conscious of what our children are consuming and making sure that they don't consume junk trash like this. That's number one. I know there's a few things that you and I need to talk about when it comes to the Sheikhias or theologically and all the other yeah. stuff. But number two, I'll just say that this is where they get our kids. Yeah, you know yeah. Th- these fancy animated shows and these fancy animated cartoons, and they start to fill them with a bunch of incorrect theological information to try to detach them from the truth of what we have and what we're teaching them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot to be said there, Shaykh yasser I've got the, a few other things here about how, you know, Lucifer is a dreamer. You know, Shaytan is a dreamer. <laughs> you know, Allah cast him out because he's a dreamer. Uh, no, he disobeyed. He disobeyed completely. But I'll give you some uh, some time, and then I'll get into it as well with you, Shaykh it's, it's,
1: it's You know, it's the problem is that, you know, when you project the human ego and the nafs of the human being onto the sacred, yeah. And you try to bend the will of the sacred to the will of the human nefs, yeah. the human self. And that was, that's what we're seeing. It's like because the 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 protagonist is the human being. It's the story of the free thinker, free willed, free spirited person who kind of wants to be bigger than uh, X, Y, and Z, and doesn't want to conform, doesn't want to live in an antiquated uh, reality, and and wants to break free. Like that's a celebrated secular notion yeah. so when we when when the objective is let's malign uh, the sacred let's alter it let's make it as if it is the problem it is the burden it's this like heavy uh, daunting wet blanket that I just need to throw <laughs> off so yeah. I can soar that's the, this whole notion you know in the the whole narrative at the end of the day for us iblis is not a fallen angel (laughs) not at all he is a jinn who disobeyed allah right and he could have easily course corrected but his ego and his nafs insisted god is not vindictive in a way you cross him once because we have simultaneously the example and they brought it of adam and eve right Adam and Eve were not cast into some demonic reality. No, they were they were punished, they sought forgiveness, and they moved on. And they (laughs) they are at the helm of human existence. So God decided to say at least Satan decided to say, I'm doubling and tripling down on my ego, on my desires, on my wants. You know that's so that's the, the obvious distinction so it's not as if we've been catapulted into this reality because of a vindictiveness that played out because you crossed me so now watch i'm gonna do xyz no allah is <laughs> he's, he's the one who allowed satan in our tradition <coughs> to exist uh, satan says can you let me stay until the day they're resurrected so allah said المنظرين, okay i will let you remain and for reasons that allah knows
0: yeah yeah and Sheikh Yasser, i mean the scary thing here and you you hit it is like you know cast aside god be happy fulfill your desires at the end of the day if we look at all these shows if we listen to a lot of the music that's out there what is it basically about go sleep with this one go sleep with that one go smoke this go eat that go drink that i mean <coughs> most most rap rap or even um what is it the other sort of a music the pop music that i'm hearing these days if we listen to it what is it all about it's about how much i consume in terms of uh, how drunk i can get and how many people i can bet mm-hmm. and so that's not the stuff that we want to fill our hearts with or our kids with because it does have an impact on us and to the adults there you know if you have a drive home for work those are still going to work every day you know you got to wean yourself off of that music got to wean yourself off of those concepts that are being interjected in these songs that are being stored in your mind and in your heart and they are going to impact the way that you think and the way that we act you know and so you know we just need to be conscious of all this stuff and what's what's scary here this is nothing new sheikh yasser in the sense that they've been going after our kids for a very long time
1: not just our
0: kids they've been going after all of us they've been going after all of us for a long time yeah absolutely it's it's true
1: uh, you know, I, I, I in, in the last Pro's Qur'an, Pro's of the Qur'an conference, for those of you who don't know Pro's of Qur'an conference is the yearly conference at Medina uh, with our dear Habib Ibn yeah. put on, it's a beautiful gathering, inshallah. I hope to see all of you next time, Um <clears throat> But I gave a talk called The Obstacles on the Way. Yeah. And in that talk, um, I spoke about you know, the the indoctrination and the underlying ideas, ideologies, isms that penetrate, that are meant to condition us and program us into thinking a very distinct way about life. It's not meaning that it's not um, so dumbfounding or arbitrary that every young kid wants to get away. Everyone, every young kid today feels like I have to, I have to live my life. I have to break free. Because all the messaging in Disney movies and in pop culture and in these songs, as, as says, they're all encouraging and teaching implicitly explicitly. Hey, listen, the only way you're going to thrive is by breaking free Yeah, leaving and living your life. You know, I speak to so many young kids who talk to me <clears throat> as if their life is hell yeah. and they have to just like, the solution is I'm going to be so better off if i can just move across the country if i can go live by myself at at school if i can just get away and the reality is that is nothing other than an impulse that is encouraged and inspired by the shaitan but the shaitan uses his army of jinn and ins of humans (laughs) and the jinn realm to cultivate these narratives and to have them standard unfortunately these narratives our standard everyone young and old i have people who leave marriages Habib yeah the same yep. narrative yep i have to break free yep. i have to liberate myself i have to give like when 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 the shaitan comes to me to a person and says hey it's high time that you do for yourself and not for others that is the most Iblisi line that's it's like straight out of sh- sh- satan's uh playbook. Yeah. Don't yeah. do for others, do for yourself. And so people leave marriages for themselves. People um leave go into careers for themselves. People don't take care of other people for themselves. People neglect things for themselves. It's like we don't so that's why I'm saying it's young and it's old.
0: Yeah and, and what's amazing women
1: about and women.
0: <laughs> yeah you, you know and the satanic influence on the human being the Satan is weak. Satan is weak. Yeah. Okay. yeah allah tells us he's weak you say A'udhu and satan is solved yeah what's tough for us to deal with is our own egos and the nafs, those desires that we have so look i mean what do we do about this stuff and how do we handle the society mm-hmm. around us i mean i think uh, she asked you and i are on the same page like everyone needs to know that there is this concept of called nafs, the purification of the soul and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught it through the Messenger of God, Muhammad. Ta'ala, mm-hmm. alayhi alayhi. And it was passed off from generation to generation, generation to generation. And great spiritual saintly scholars have written books about it, mm-hmm. about what you're looking at, what you're listening to, those feelings that come inside my heart, how to deal with them. Because stuff happens, mm-hmm. right? We're a human being, but there's a process that we go through to get our spirits, ourselves into a better state of being. And so, just like I always constantly use this example, Shaykh Yasser, because I really feel it is the best example. Like, you know, I promised you, brother Ahmed, that I'm gonna do a marathon. And let me tell you something about running. I hate running. i rather get punched in the stomach and in the gut and in the face 50 times over and hop on a treadmill and run for half an hour. But I know that if I do it, the results are going to be good for me. And what ends up happening is I force myself onto that treadmill. And even at one point, you know, my wife was like going this like intense run. What's intense for me was like a speed seven on the treadmill and I was dying. And my wife's upstairs and I'm downstairs. I'm like screaming at myself, run. (laughs) You know, like you will run. And my wife comes rushing down like, is everything okay? I was like, yeah, what's wrong? She's like, I heard you yelling. I was like, no, I'm forcing myself to continue because I don't want to continue. And then over time, over these past two months, I've gotten to the point where I can't go without running at least three or four times a week. Mm -hmm. Right? That which I hated, that which I disliked because I was more accustomed just to chilling out, became that which now I can't live without. The spiritual purification process is the same exact way. Those things that we think that we like that we enjoy right now that we know aren't really healthy for us once we go through this process of abandoning them and replacing them with something that's so much better for for us the thing that we replaced it with become the most beloved treasures to us in this world and there's nothing greater than of course the remembrance of allah Akbar. 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 you know, uh,
1: Habib, just to to add to that um there's no one of us at the end of Ramadan and Allahumma oh barik lana fi rajab wa sha'ban wa balighna Ramadan Allah bless our rajab, bless our sha'ban and bring us to Ramadan all of us, by the end of Ramadan how do we feel on the day of Eid al-Fitr? we all feel better and there's a reason why we feel better yeah. it's because our system no matter how minimal or how major has been recalibrated because what's happening you're spending your days in fast. You're spending your nights in ritual prayer, yep. being together with the community. You're spending more time with your family, netna. Net. You're giving more charity, netna. Net. You're praying more, netna. Net. You're reading more Quran, net, net. Like everything has increased. All the right stuff, the right habits, the beautiful routines, those have kind, Allah brought them into our lives. So what happens at the end is that we naturally feel um, better. We feel aligned. We feel beautified. And so we also have to understand is that very often, Habib, it's not easy to do this stuff alone. It's actually very challenging to do it alone. And so we, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, Surah Al-Kahf, when he talks about the antidote for the fitan, for the trials and tribulations, um, he says, especially the fitna of our deen, he says, mm. He says, be patient and persevere with those who call to the way of Allah and don't even turn your eyes away from them. Meaning that a big part of how we uh, we address the challenges of what we we're talking about in terms of this Netflix or Amazon or whatever this thing was or the music or the culture that kind of drags us in a particular direction. A big part of the antidote is to actually find righteous companionship.
0: Which brings me to an amazing point. I, I'm sorry for cutting off. It's this, a is a, this is ahead. actually the next article that I actually wanted to bring up. And Sheikh Yastri, you didn't even know about this concept of companionship. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you continue and get into this about men not having friends anymore. There's a, There's a PBS video that was done. And uh, Jod, you can pull it up and I'll pull it up here too. We don't have to watch the video, but um, you know, uh, you have it on screen. Uh, oh, you got the video on screen, but let me read for you the the caption. If you can just open up the link initially. It says growing number of men say are they are in a friendship recession. American men are stuck in what's been dubbed a friendship recession with 20% of single men now saying they don't have any close friends more than half of all men report feeling unsatisfied with the size of their friend group. And it talks about how the reporter uh, went off to Phoenix uh, to a group of individuals to talk to them about this phenomenon that they're feeling and um, you know how they try to connect with each other. So it, it's actually the articles, to your point, like people don't have friends anymore. They don't have Sheikh Yasser.
1: Well, you know, that, that there's a reason for that. and you know let me just wrap up the thought is that and i'll, I'll get to the reasons the, the 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 idea here is that prophet ﷺ also was encouraging us when he said when the fitan of the end of time become manifest ilzam yeah.
0: stay
1: to the community of believers so it's a quranic injunction to protect yourself and a prophetic one so it's it's a reality that we cannot dismiss And the problem is, is that we have been so socialized and habituated into isolation because of the nature of the modern like uh, culture that we live in, like this monoculture, it encourages loneliness, it encourages isolation. You uh, you live on your own, you eat on your own, you, uh, you, you kind of pursue your own individual dreams, you detach yourself from the burden of family and people and things like that because you need to live your life to the fullest and then your objective is like, I have to figure out this career and this mission of mine to become X, Y, or Z. So all of our modern culture encourages isolation and it makes it convenient to be isolated so now people assume it's the easier thing is to do what to go home and get on my phone yeah. to go home and game to go home and twitch to go home and uh eat and drink and watch and things like that that's where it's it, you know that's naturally kind of where i exist whereas all of our welfare right all of it is tied into our social connections and bonds and by all of it i mean our emotional welfare, our spiritual welfare, our religious welfare, our social welfare, i.e., finances, marriages, relationships. So all of our welfare is tied into our bonds and our connections. So part of our project, and I know that this is, you know, a lot of what you're doing, uh, you know, in 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 your locale, Habibna. What I'm doing here in with prophetic living, all of it is about cultivating real companionship real suhba, because you know unless i'll be honest unless you're a wali min awliya illa, you will thrive in isolation short of that yeah short of being a wali min awliya illa, we all only really thrive the extent to which we have strong bonds and connections absolutely we have, we have to build them we have to build them even if Someone may say, Well, I'm isolated, I'm alone, I can't leave, I can't this. Well, you have virtual spaces to cultivate some of that suhba.
0: Look, Sheikh Yasser, the, the Prophet okay. Ali, never left the community. He was always with his community. <clears throat> and he was hurt by that community. I mean, you know, they were learning how to deal with the Prophet in the best form of adab. Yeah. And there are times where they weren't doing so. And so Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala would reveal ayat. So, you know, one of the things I feel that I wanna address here is like, you know, many people within the community say, well, I went to the mosque one time and I didn't like this, or someone said that to me, or someone did this. And then we use it as an excuse as to why we never reconnect with that community. And I think that's a major problem. And I'm not discounting that things happen. No, no, I'm telling you things will happen. Mm -hmm. A prophetic community is a community And when there is where there are a lot of bumps on the road, it's how we get through those bumps. And so here, for example, you know, what we constantly talk about is going through the thick and thin of life together as a community. Mm -hmm. Meaning one day you're going to offend me and we're going to deal with it in a very, inshallah, kind and generous way. And one day I'm going to offend you because I'm human and we're going to deal with it with a very kind and generous way. That's suhba. There's no, you know, perfect companionship other than the companionship of the Prophet ta'ala <laughs> And so what I fear a lot of, like when someone says they come into Maryland, they say, well, I want to meet you privately. I say, you know what? If you want to meet me, we have a Thursday dhikr. Come to the Thursday dhikr. Or I'll see you Friday at Juma. Mm-hmm. Talk there. And I do that very purposefully. Mm-hmm. The idea is meeting me is meeting the jamaah because I can't live without the group of individuals that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala has blessed me with in life. And you know, last week, Shaykh Yasser, we were talking about the barakah of being together in our Thursday gathering, about where the adhan came from.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Sidna Nabi SallAllahu Taala alayhi wa alihi in al-madina al Munawara wanted to have a call to prayer or uh, some way to indicate to everyone that there was salah. Mm-hmm. Now, if he wanted to, who could have legislated that? The Prophet but he sits with the jama'ah what do you think what do you discuss we use a bell we use this and then they went home they agreed on the voice and then they went home and said now abdullah ibn zayd he sees that dream yeah. in which a man teaches him the exact words of the adhan and he comes to the prophet sallallahu at fajr time and he tells him about the dream that he saw. And the Prophet ﷺ agreed with it. And he told him, you go tell Bilal. He has a better voice than you, radiyallahu and let him call the adhan. And then Sayyidina Umar hears the adhan. And he comes running. He says, I saw the same dream. Hmm. The barakah yeah. of being in spiritual resonance together. And these were companions who, as you alluded to earlier, they had some stuff with each other. Allah yeah. subhanahu wa And so if we leave the mosques, if we leave the community,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we're really abandoning ourselves. And I'll just I'll just say this. I you know, Sheikh Muqtar said this, I think, in a khutbah when I was probably like fourteen years old in upstate New York.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I've never forgotten it. A statement of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu arda, which translates to mean that by Allah, this is Sayyidina Umar speaking, by Allah, that which you hate about being <laughs> together in a community is better for you than that which you love about being alone and in, in isolation. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's that's my take on it. You
1: make friends. you <laughs> You know, people, people you and I are, are
0: friends, right, Sheikh Yasser? We're,
1: we're trying, we're trying, we're doing our best. Allahumma Uh <laughs> um, Here's the thing, you know, I think people will hear this. And I think the gut reaction that a lot of people are gonna have is, well, you know, people don't, Uh, our people are not welcoming Uh, the Mm -hmm. message is not welcoming the community is not welcoming Mm -hmm. and i hear this a lot and my retort to this is the following you and i cannot expect or assume or believe that we're entitled that people are just going to throw themselves at us yeah that's an expectation that too many of us have we assume like how come people don't invite me over? How come people don't welcome me? How come? And we carry this narrative that, you know, we are just kind of oddly left out. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, most relationships are generated this way. It's a two way street, right? subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he said that he's made you into tribes and nations, li <laughs> ta'aruf in Arabic morphology is taf'al is when two entities are interacting yep that means i pull you push you pull i push and there is a there's a back and forth and you know so there's a brother that i know who actually was a convert and he tells the story himself about how he kind of felt really down on the community for a while this is his personal story and i think he's actually said this publicly and how you know no one would invite him and he felt like he was kind of had this constant fomo that like everyone's having a great time and he's left out and he's not being invited and he's not being welcomed and then his wife i believe told him once you know we've never actually invited anyone
0: yeah and, there's the reality yep.
1: and and he said he said that actually that was the game changer in my whole social life like once i was proactive about inviting people Then people, now he can't handle the invitations, he has to turn down invitations. (laughs) Because the fact of the matter is, it's actually a simple equation. Sometimes we get stuck in the theoretical space, in the narrative. Oh, woe to me, how come people, how come people, the masjid isn't. I tell people, what is the masjid other than a configuration of people? It's like you and I, we are the masjid. The masjid is not like this. (laughs) Masjid is
0: the
1: the house of life it's That's a, a space right
0: yeah
1: it's you and i who decide and if you actually pay attention to the people who have a lot of like social viability they're doing the heavy lifting yeah of course like the people in my life that i can think of who really are, like are social but you know they're doing the busy work of the following hosting people inviting people reaching out to people checking up on people asking people gifting people <clears throat> being kind and generous with people. And then guess what? We are told in our sacred tradition, man mm-hmm. we are naturally disposed to love the one that is good to us. So it's a simple equation. Yeah. If you give, you shall receive.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Give, give and give a lot and give from yourself and reach out. So if you want, if you and I really want community, then we have to work towards it then we have to host we have to invite we have to inconvenience ourselves we have to reach out we have to make ourselves vulnerable because sometimes what deprives us is our ego like how come people are not asking me how i'm doing well habibna have i asked you how you're doing
0: yeah
1: so i have to be vulnerable i have to go out and by the way i have to be willing for the following hey habibna, how are you Alhamdulillah. doing well. or maybe radio silence perhaps yep. you're busy perhaps you're like oh whatever i'll get to it and you forget and then you know what i follow up a second time yep i follow up a third time until like oh sorry i was busy whatever 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 you have to also be vulnerable and ready um to, to like make sure that you swallow your ego
0: because you know you know, you know what can help someone be like that sheikh yasser you mm-hmm. know what let me guess
2: <laughs>
0: wallahi because everything you're describing was سيدنا Nabi sallallahu Alaihi wa sallam. Like checking in on people, looking after people, inviting people, making sure all are okay, and expecting nothing in return. Yeah.
1: Right. And so
0: we want to be
1: Muhammad and alayhi sallam in our akhlaq. But can I mm-hmm. just add to that? Can I add to that, Habib? With you can add salawat, with the salawat, with the dala'il, read the life of the Prophet sallallahu <laughs> wa sallam. Read his <laughs> seerah. Read his Shema, and look at how he lived in the Shama'il, the books that describe his character. and I have it right here uh, right here. Uh, yeah. like read read the Shema read, read the khasais. <laughs> yeah. Read, read yeah. these books. These talk about everything you need to know about the prophet <inaudible> you, in, and and very often we need. You know what, you know what we lack sometimes, Habibna? Not sometimes. Actually, most people. There's a there's a book called The Influencer that I read many years ago. This book was written by a group of social scientists. They they speak about influential people and people who've really like accomplished certain goals and they were able to have profound impact and blah blah blah. In that book, I, I read something many years ago that was very interesting that stuck with me. Mm. He said that most people assume that they don't have enough motivation to accomplish their goals or to affect the influence that they want to affect in their lives he said actually most people have sufficient motivation what most people actually lack is know-how is imagination Mm. the step-by-step that's why in all spaces you have mentors you have teachers for a reason because you need someone to model to show when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says lakum fi uswatun hasana, that you have the best of examples, from the mercy of Allah is that He preserved, there's no life in human history that is, is as well preserved as the life of the Prophet. We know the most intimate details of what was behind closed doors. Yep. In what was in the most intimate of spaces. Why? It's from the rahmah and the mercy of Allah. And from the wisdom of Allah is that He preserves so that we have a model. So if I want to model my life after someone, then I have access. That's a beautiful thing is like I can access. You know, Habibi, you're telling me someone who calls you and says, hey, can I come and spend time with you? Mm-hmm. But in reality, what you're really asking for is spending time with the Prophet. Mm-hmm. And Allah has made so generous that He's brought us the Prophet we don't have to travel to find him, you know, we don't have to look for, we don't have to climb some, you know, we don't have to go to the Himalayas and climb to the northernmost peak and find the guru sitting like flipped upside down no. in meditation. No. We don't do that. We don't, it's in our thing, And the Quran here is that, ma huwa makru. We have made it easy. The And the Prophet ﷺ is the walking Quran. So no. we have everything at our fingertips to have of,
0: uh, someone that we can model our lives after and speaking of of that you know the beauty of having the prophet ﷺ in our lives is that we see the darkness of individuals that don't have seat in nabi in their lives and so i want to bring up something i'm going to turn our attention to, to Gaza and what's happening and i saw this on i think I was on twitter uh and this is apparently a zionist ad uh on twitter about Gaza. and I want us to watch this and then get into what's happening in Gaza. Let's, this is actually an ad running on Hulu.
2: It's a because in foreign
0: boardwalks, you can stay in one of our five star hotels
2: and get a taste of the best in Middle Eastern food, embrace the vibrant nightlife of the city, and experience a culture rich in tradition. This is what Gaza could have been like
0: about You unbelievable you see the Zionist propaganda on Gaza trying to blame the Palestinians for the situation that they're in as if if there was going to be any infrastructure being built in Gaza it couldn't have happened already and of course we're not interested in building the infrastructure that they're interested in having there the Palestinians want to be people who worship Allah and his messenger وسلم, not a nightlife like what they're showing. But this is the reality Sheikh Yasser of what's happening in Gaza and the difference is in their side of the camp, and the Zionists they don't have someone like the messenger of God Taala, guiding their moral compass. It's just about victory, it's just about decimation it's just about killing and starving and that's why they're willing to do this. There is a a youtube uh, clip uh, that i uh, have there and we can talk about what's happening um where the world is seeing what the zionists are doing to the residents now if you know did you see these things if we wanted to commit genocide we could have did you see those notes that they made i've seen that. Uh, terrible things but look at now what they're doing in gaza you're starving everyone let's play this
2: the world food program now warning the risk of famine in gaza is increasing every single day The head of the UN's emergency relief agrees and says
1: people in Gaza face the highest levels of food insecurity ever recorded. And Human Rights Watch accusing Israel of using starvation as a weapon of war in violation of the international rules of war.
2: Gazans jumping on aid trucks to get any food they can for themselves and their children. We are dying of hunger. And flooding the few remaining barely functioning hospitals with cases of serious malnutrition. Hospital workers facing the grim
1: reality that sometimes they don't have food to give them or themselves.
2: What else is left when there are homeless children, no schools, no education, no food, nothing? What else is left?
0: We have now, hunger, and we have starvation, and right. some places. first thing we say is, You know, every day yeah. we're seeing these images, and, and I don't know if you saw the images of uh, a group of Zionists in Israel who are trying to stop the aid trucks from coming in. Did you see that?
1: Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I mean, there's so many reflections, I think. There's no doubt that when we veer off the path of the sacred, when we veer off the path of prophecy and the ways of the prophets of God, of Moses and Jesus, and Muhammad when we veer off that path and we succumb to the dunya, we succumb to this lowly, profane world, and we assume that our whole existence is predicated upon what we have of this world, Then we are ready and willing to incur so much harm and devastation and evil upon another, just because I want, you know, this for myself, because I believe I'm entitled to it, or I, uh, you know, it belongs to me, or whatever the idea is. You know, that to me, Subhanallah, is just so far removed, obviously, yeah. from the sacred traditions of our past. Just so obviously far removed. That's why when you know I, I, I speak to a lot of. Uh, Uh, rabbis like jewish rabbis who 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 are not zionist and they themselves will be the first to speak volumes about how far removed from this is from their own sacred tradition right you know but you know i'm sure many have already heard this and so i don't want to
0: It's just, you know, you're just seeing the situation there in the Muslim community. And so, you know, everyone's always asking, what can we do? What can we do? And alhamdulillah, I think the Muslim community in the United States of America and elsewhere, they know we're knocking on the door of our congressmen. I mean, here in Maryland, they're at the uh, local gatherings of the municipalities calling for ceasefires. We're making dua for them. Everyone has a role to play in what you can do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most generous Lord الرحمن, and he has complete hikmah and he has complete knowledge in what, what's happening. But you know, subhanAllah, remi- just when I saw these scenes, it reminded me of the embargo of Quraysh upon our Prophet yeah, that's, wa that's what my heart was. I was yeah, 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 you know, and was just, wa I was just subhanAllah, I was taken back there and you know what what said the Nabi must have been experiencing, and the Sahaba talking about eating leaves off a tree or dried bones. And you've <laughs> seen the <laughs> residents, no food, nothing yeah. to drink. You've seen these videos of them making wudu with rainwater. You know, young children just passing out from starvation. Yeah. Our hearts are with Ahl Ghazal We ask Allah subhanahu wa taala for faraj. We ask yeah. Allah subhanahu wa taala to protect them, Ya Rabbi Akrami. Ya yeah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to be with them.
1: You know, that's Habibna. Okay. That's exactly I think the perfect thought. And that's exactly where my heart went because the parallels are profound. Mm-hmm. You know, the attempts on the life of the Prophet and the community of the Prophet were in every which way. And you see right now the uh the IGF, IOF, <laughs> you know, that they are employing every method, means possible of you know, of of genocide, of torture, of false, you know, just rallying people up, in, in, extrajudicial killings, whatever it is, you know, making people so food, food insecure that they're dying from hunger now, um, decimating the population, the homes, the volume of children, all of this, all of these are just methods and means that people attempt when they're trying to cause real harm upon another, right? So every means. And that's a lot of what, it's precisely what the Prophet's community went through. Mm -hmm. Every method of intimidation, of bullying, of harm. And the objective is what? Turn away from what you are upon, you know, Mm -hmm. just accept and surrender. And that's it, right? I mean, and then, you know, so the methods were what? Even it was the boycott that you were talking about, the embargo. Mm -hmm. And it was in the shab of Abi Talib, and the companions they would speak about their their fecal matter looking like that of the goats, yeah, because of that they were eating. They were on the diet of the goats. And Subhanallah, just two weeks ago, I was reading how they take um, the uh, the food of animals in Gaza yeah. and they grind it up and they try to turn it into a dough-like substance for their children to consume. And so Subhanallah, here's the here's the parallel, and I pray that this is also a moment of inspiration for us. All of this happened when this all happened towards the end of the Meccan period. Yeah, that's probably happened when the pain and suffering was at its peak. And the Prophet he lost his most beloved Sayyidina Khadija because of the boycott. She got sick in the Shi'ab of Abi Talib. And they, the people of Quraysh, they were trying to convince her to come out. Like, we don't want to do this to you, Khadija, right? Mm -hmm. But come out. And she stayed by the Prophet sallallahu and, and the reality was that he lost her. But one of the, the greatest opening in his life occurred, which was the Isra' wal miraj And this month,
2: it we can't,
1: can't be lost on us. This is the month of Isra' wal miraj the month of Rajab. So I pray, and I, I really pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us the Isra' wal miraj That in this month of Rajab, that just as what preceded the Isra and the Mi'raj of the Prophet, was this time of the boycott, the embargo and the worst of the worst of the pain that whatever painful sights we're seeing today is just the precursor to a, a profound opening where, where the oppression and the tyranny ends and where the, the people live beautifully and, and and with that innocence that they embody to live beautifully on this earth and to have the best of the best of this life So. You know, we also as believers, no matter how gut-wrenching it is, Allah, Wallahi, is with them. Wallahi, there's no doubt. Allah will not allow that to transpire in their lives. And for those innocent people to have what is exactly upon them being done, except that He is with them. And al al-nasrul qareeb wal-Fathu qareeb, bi ta'ala. Ameen, Ameen. Allah, it's, it's in Allah's hands. We leave it up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to decide. Right? And it's His creation. But we have high hopes and we trust in Allah. We have high hopes and we trust in Allah
0: subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Rabbi, barakallahu feek Shaykh yasser As always, it's good seeing you. It's good speaking to you. It's good being together. To all of our listeners that are with us, uh, barakallahu Can Please keep Shaykh yasser and I in your du'a as we attempt to continue, inshallah, these conversations on a weekly basis. Uh, along with that, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, I'll be opening up also my own YouTube page in which we're going to delve even further into conversations like this, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, and topics of current affairs, politics, and religion, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, from the lens of what we hope our believing hearts trying to make sense of this world from the Muslim perspective, we ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala puts barakah in, in our time and in everything we do. Jazakumullahu anna kul khair. Salam alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.